Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Glenn from the On Education Podcast. And we're part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Jennifer Kuschel, who's the CEO and founder of EYP Ventures and YSN.com. She's also the author of several books, including Secrets of the Young and Successful. Lots to learn. Thanks for listening. By the way, remember to subscribe and share. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. Now here's Steve with this week's show. Jennifer Kuschel, CEO and founder EYP Ventures, has been on a mission to impact the lives and futures of young people globally for the past two decades. As creator of Exploring Your Potential, which is EYP, the revolutionary career planning online platform, Kuschel aims to dramatically change how we prepare the next generation of the world of work. Author of the New York Times bestseller, Secrets of the Young and Successful, Kushal has been called a career doctor by Cosmopolitan and a guru by U.S. News and World Report. She's an advisor to leading global youth organizations, a frequent delegate of several state department-led entrepreneurship uh, missions, and serves as a trustee of the Global Youth Empowerment Fund, spearheaded by Junior Chamber International and the UN Sustainable Development Goal Action um, Campaign. A relentless advocate for ambitious young people everywhere, Kushal has traveled 2 million miles and visited 50 countries. In 1993, at 19, her Young Entrepreneurs Network was one of the first online communities on CompuServe. In her 20s, Kushal was instrumental in spearheading the Young Entrepreneur Movement in America, garnering 300 million media impressions about the new trend. In her 30s, YSN.com, Your Success Now, was launched as the first professional social network for young people engaging 25,000 from 160 countries. From all that, EYP was born. Exploring Your Potential is a next-generation career readiness program that inspires young adults to take control of their future today by crafting a life and career that's personally customized to them. In as little as 24 hours, this online program of four courses with six modules each lead to the creation of a grand plan. This groundbreaking program helps students identify their talents, passions, and goals, create a value proposition that reflects who they are, learn how to market themselves, build a powerful network, and put their individualized career plan into action. To learn more about EYP, go to exploringyourpotential.com, and they have a a free career survey there that you can take called Your Path to Success, which I'll have links to these in the show notes. Jennifer, thanks for joining me today. Say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. Nice to be with you, Steve. Well, I appreciate you joining us, and it's uh, I, I enjoyed uh, learning all about you and, and uh, this career path and so forth. And I got to tell you, at 19, you had the Young Entrepreneurs Network on CompuServe. All right, I haven't heard the word CompuServe in a long time. I think that's awesome, um, because in those days, we're still getting like the little dial-up noises, bang, 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 right? <laughs> yeah, uh, the, yep. The modems and all that good stuff. Nice. Um, you know. Ever since then, you've had an entrepreneurial drive and focus on helping youth find a career path. Where'd your interest in entrepreneurial endeavors come from? I was actually raised by entrepreneurs. So everyone in my family actually owned a business, a small business when I was growing up. And I think 
Um, that's why I talk so much about why exposure matters so much to young people. We're only exposed to the things around us. And, and I was lucky, lucky to be exposed to entrepreneurship. And even though that was an untraditional path for a lot of people, it was the most normal thing in the world for me. Very cool. So I got to ask you, because we're going to get into a lot of um, different things here. But before we do that, um, you know, I saw a picture of you with Stephen Covey. And it made me think of this question. Do you have a, do you have a business hero or someone who's in the business world that's, that is that hero for you? I definitely do. I actually have a few. I'll mention really quickly, but Covey was really significant to me because I read his book when I was 15 years old and it completely changed the way I looked at my life and my opportunities. Um, since then, I've, I've uh, been mentored, luckily, by uh, the founder of Nifty, which is Steve Mariotti. He trained a half a million inner city kids on how to build a business. Um, John Katzman, who was the founder of Princeton Review and 2U, has been an incredible mentor of mine and a big champion of, um, of students uh, and really you know, the policies around students succeeding in school. Um, the founder of, uh, of, of, or, uh, Reva Lazonsky was the editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, and she used to meet with me regularly in my 20s and help me talk through what I was trying to do to help inspire young entrepreneurs. Um, and, the, and the most recent is, you know, one of the co-founders of Blackboard, Stephen Gilfus, who's now uh, the chairman of our board with our company today, which is a big, big deal. But because I was, I was able to network and learn a lot of the skills that we talk about in our course today, I was able to get to really big and powerful people. And it's been amazing to see how much they've embraced me and really mentored me along the way. And I don't think I'd be able to do most of the things that I've done today if it weren't for that level of support and acknowledgement along the way. That's awesome. The, uh, you know, it, it's, it's exciting to know who these people are. I appreciate you sharing them with us because that's, uh, it's neat. I think, uh, um, you know, sometimes we don't, some don't stop to think about who might have inspired them or whatever. So thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah, and I think it's important that we all tell the people that inspire us that they're doing that because we don't, we don't think of ourselves as mentors sometimes. And sometimes very simple things that we say or very simple engagements or meetings that we have with people change the course of their lives. And so I love talking about the people who inspired me because I, I'm so touched and grateful when people tell me that I've made that difference for them. And frankly, if I didn't have so many people say it to me, I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing today. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I agree with you. That's, that's you know, right on the money there. The, uh, so let's shift for a minute to YSN. You know, it was the first professional social network for young people. Where did that idea come from? Uh, well, I started my first business when I was 13 and all the way through up until 19, I was always struggling to find other people who understood me and could support me and I could talk to. And I think most young people in the world, most people in general in the world are looking for other like-minded people to connect with. And I think it's critical that we support young people with other successful, motivated, proactive um, influences. And so YSN was the first professional social network for young people globally. And before it like overnight, it exploded to 160 countries worth of young people. And I think that's a really powerful message that there are young people all over the world who are eager for support and guidance. I mean, I get calls daily from Nigeria. I'm in Los Angeles, and on a daily basis, I'm getting calls from Nigeria begging us to, to engage and to teach them and to bring our programs there. And that's just one example, but YSN was created to do that, and pretty much everything we've done since then has been to support young people on as broad of a scale as possible. 
That's awesome. And I, and I, I got to point out a couple of things that you said. First of all, you started your first business at 13. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Now we can't gloss over that. I mean, that's uh, at 13. I, you know, I'm, I'm into, I'm reading Spider-Man. I'm into my comic books and I'm, uh, and I'm dreaming about, uh, oh, figuring out whether I want to fly jets when I grow older or, or whether I want to draw comic book superheroes, which I need do did neither of them when I became an adult. So you start off early on with business. It, I mean, can you kind of come back to that? Even if we were friends, like if we were lucky enough to have been friends back then, mutually, I, I would have been talking to you about entrepreneurship just like I learned from my family. And you would have been selling, uh, you know, comic books and, and putting on conferences maybe about, you know, superheroes. But it's just, because I had that exposure, I thought about it. And when I felt like I didn't fit in and I was being bullied in school and nothing made sense to me, I thought, oh, entrepreneurship was my was my vehicle to do what I wanted to do and what I thought was interesting. I got validation from adults, but my friends didn't know what to talk about. Didn't didn't bother me. So it was my pathway to finding my own path. That's awesome. That is that is so awesome. I and and you're right. That it, that impact of being around friends who talk about and that's you know you think about the similar things or whatever that that impact would be. Uh, so strong and powerful, but uh, yeah, think about how incredibly powerful our influences are. You know, they can influence us to go to college. They can influence us to join a gang. They can tell us to go, you know, be promiscuous or to try drugs or to be a young leader or to join speech and debate or cheerleading. We're so influenced by the people around us. That's why I, I love the opportunity to be able to touch so many young lives and say, you can do more. You can achieve more. You can go in any direction you want and study and pursue the things that you love. You just need the right framework to do it. And entrepreneurship is just one way, one vehicle to do anything you want to do. That's awesome. They, uh, you know, one of the things I want to make sure that we, we, we get a chance to talk about is, you know, I've heard you described as a global thought leader on youth employment. You know, you've spoken to the UN and the U.S. State Department. What's happening with youth and employment in the U.S. and elsewhere? I mean, what's, what's kind of like the major theme right now? Well, we, we've got 1.8 billion young people on the planet, a billion over the past decade that have been entering the workforce. And we tend to look at this issue of youth employment um, from our own lens, our own environment. Um, we definitely have our challenges in the United States where many young people, um, especially when they're not living in big metropolitan cities, are struggling because industries are changing or collapsing. Um, sometimes they don't have the right skills. Sometimes they don't have the right exposure or connections. And so unemployment is a, is a major issue, not just for local, you know, local environments, but for industries who can't find the talent that they need. Um, it's, a, it's a security issue in, in a lot of communities. It affects the, the health and well-being of our societies. And it's a generational problem where you have a lot of students who are, who are first-generation students who, who are the first to ever go to college. So it's, it's a big issue in the United States because it affects everything. Um, it also is, is a massive global issue, too, because we have, you know, all these countries all over the world. Some are, 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 are thriving economies and some are emerging economies. And when you have the average age of, you know, young people in Africa, for example, as 17 years old and they can't find jobs or you have a markets like Pakistan, for example, where, you know, they've had a very tumultuous past few years. You have a very ambitious young a group of young people, but if they're not engaged in positive ways, they can be dangerous. 
They can do negative things instead of positive things. And so as I started to travel, and I traveled to 50 countries now or more, um, I started to see commonalities. And the same challenges that kids in Harvard had were the same things that were happening in vocational training programs in Albania. And if young people don't see up what opportunity looks like, if they don't have exposure to the world, if they can't connect the dots between who they are and what they want to do and what opportunities exist for them, they struggle. And struggling can take all sorts of different forms. The more support and, and, and the better environment we have, the more likely we are to get past that struggle period and succeed one way or another. But if you don't have the right environment and the right support around you, it's very difficult for you to become a strain on society or even a danger to society. And so that's why I love talking about global because everywhere I go in the world, the conversations are so much the same. And the way you inspire and motivate young people and get them excited about the workforce are, are actually much more similar than any of us really think. And so it is a global imperative um, in addition to a, a national one. You know, one of the things that uh, it makes me think of is that, you know, is the types of messages, you know, what you would want to say, because as parents are thinking about their children and getting older and wanting to talk about the possibility of them going into the youth, I mean, going into, uh, going into the, the world of work and, uh, um, and trying to give them advice and such, you know, what's something that parents and young people you think need to hear and talk about in regards to, to their future in, uh, in employment? I think it's really important to let people know that opportunity is everywhere. Um, that you, that we need to be nimble. Uh, we need to be aware of how opportunity is structured in the world. Um, basically like become really good at opportunity recognition. And I think that's one of the things that we always try to teach by talking about entrepreneurship, you know, you can create an organization around solving any problem around providing any solution, any pro any, any product, any service. That's one option. You know, if you understand how companies are structured, how organizations are structured, you can understand all the different levels that you can potentially work at and how you can move around those organizations. So I think it's really important that we're showing young people that there is no a la carte menu of things you can do with your life. There is an unlimited number of things you can do with your life, but there's a process that you can go through to really start to connect the dots between who you are and where you are and what you want to do and how to do that. But that's not something that we really teach effectively in the world. And so that's where I've really dedicated most of my life and our company to, to addressing and solving. Along the lines with that, I know that one of the things that you like to teach about or to talk with young people and about is to, to let them know some of the stuff that employers find frustrating about young people coming into the work world. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I had the, I've, I've talked, spoken, and, and I've, I've keynoted a lot of big, big corporate conferences like Starwood and Walmart, big, big companies, um, the international travel and leisure conferences. And I hear from employers and industries what it is that they're challenged with in hiring people. And there is a massive disconnect between what companies and industries are looking for and what they, are, what, what they can't find and what young people are being told or what they understand. And so the, that's one huge problem for both sides. But as far as what employers are most frustrated with is I hear repeatedly um, independent thinking, critical thinking, uh, communication skills 
which are, are confusing for some because young people communicate on a level that no generation ever has today with their social media and their number of friends online. But what's, what's, what's actually deteriorated with all the online access and all online communication are the in-person skills, the, um, the presentation skills, the face-to-face -face engagement, the, um, the, the communication skills like writing and like presenting. Those are, are, are collapsing in a lot of cases. And even students at great universities sometimes are really challenged to write a proper sentence or write a memo or um, stand up in front of a group and talk about you know, a, a topic or a project that they're working on. So those communication skills are critical. Um, you also see issues with, uh, with groupthink where students uh, have a lack of confidence when they go into the workforce and they're unable to share their ideas confidently or give feedback um, to their employers. And so they'll shy away from things instead of stepping into them. And, and not see themselves as providing value and not see themselves as being a solution to problems. And that's where employers really, really struggle. Those, those few things are the ones that we hear most commonly. Gotcha. The, uh, you know, I think one of the things that often happens is that uh, there's also a kind of a disconnect on the other end about how to, you know, you hear a lot about working with millennials and so forth, which I think they get a bad rap because I think there's often, the, I think there's often the talk from the, from the, the generation, I'm trying not to say older generation, but I think there's always kind of a, <laughs> there's kind of a knock on the generation that's rising up about, oh, on my day, you know, that type of thing. And I was just wondering if, uh, uh, if you run into that type of conversation, if you, you could ask questions about how to, uh, how do I work with millennials, that type of thing? I mean, I think whether it's millennials or Gen Z or even, you know, Gen X, when I, you know, when I was entering, it, it's, it's, an, it's an issue of, of adaptation. Young people need to adapt to, to fit into the working world. And the working world needs to adapt to the new generation. And that's going to continue to change from, you know, from decade to decade. So I think the, overall, we have to recognize that this is a shared responsibility. Each of us has to step up to a different level. And maybe we have to tweak the way that we communicate certain things or the way that we set up our procedures or um, our strategies. But we have to come together and, and communicate. Uh, most importantly, and and a lot of shifts have been made by corporate by the corporate world. For example, um, uh, training and development is now called leadership training because young people want to feel like leaders. <laughs> so uh, and 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 training programs are starting to reemerge a little bit more now. They were taken away many many years ago. Um, that was a common thing for companies to to train people when they came into their industries and their fields, but that doesn't happen so much. So you're starting to see more programs like that. Even you see, I'm sure, at the, at the college level, almost all the colleges now have a first-year experience, which is an orientation program for a young person going into higher ed to help them understand how everything works. I think companies have to recognize that young people kind of need that when they're transitioning into the working world. They don't have an orientation. They've been in school their whole entire lives. And the way that you operate and are successful in a, in a work environment is not always the same as the rules that it took to be successful in, in school. You're right. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the biggest transition points is going from that world of school into work and realizing there's a whole new set of rules. And, you know, everything from sometimes you're thinking about what you're wearing to, uh, 
to uh, the time that you have to go to, you know, you may have to go to bed <laughs> at some point. Exactly, exactly. And you, and you see a lot of young people very naive about what they think they can get as a starting salary, what kind of jobs they think they qualify for, um, what they think their lifestyle is going to be like, um, because they just, they haven't done that research and no one's really framed those questions for them. And, you know, again, that goes back to what we're trying to do with filling those gaps and addressing those specific issues where, where the rubber really hits the road. Gotcha. Appreciate it. The, uh, so let's start talking about exploring your potential. What is it and how can it help young people as they choose their, choose their career paths? <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, you know, when I, when I uh, exploring your potential is a, is an online learning program. It's a, it's a curriculum that universities and now charter schools and youth organizations are adopting to help bridge the gap between where young people are, their ambition or their challenges and what they can achieve to make them successful in the world. Um, it's, it's, we, we do career development, but it's really also professional development and life skills at the same time. And by having the benefit of working globally with all these big organizations and tens of thousands of young people in person at all different levels, uh, you know, there's so many things that we've seen that they're just not learning and things that they're not seeing from an exposure perspective that dramatically changes their ability to to build self-efficacy, you know, confidence in who they are and where they can go and, and understand what, what possibilities really look like for them. Uh, so we, we built this program, Exploring Your Potential. It's a four credit course um, in its entirety. It takes about 24 hours for a young person to complete online on their own. And then we offer it to universities to use in a flipped classroom model where they, uh, the students do the work at home and then they bring their activities and, and their, their work to the classroom. And what happens in the classroom is the most extraordinary conversations uh, that is, that's really powerful because young people can road test their ideas and their paradigms and their, their thinking with trained counselors and teachers and professors who can, who can see where they're at, meet them where they're at and help bridge that gap. So, we're, we're kind of, I mean, I know your, your, your audience here is very academic, which I, I love. We're, we're hitting on career readiness, workforce readiness, um, even student success. A lot of our schools, uh, we're, you know, we're in, we're in almost 40 schools right now. And uh, they, a lot of them brought us in to help with the, get the job at the end of the process because they weren't finding jobs. But uh, we're being brought in more and more into the first year programs because they want to make sure that students have this new paradigm to look at their educational experience um, where they are more clear about who they are. They're more, they're better able to articulate who they are. They, they forge friendships and relationships and networks and mentors differently. They make more strategic decisions about what classes they'll take, what majors they will um, take on and even what extracurricular activities they're involved in and as we all know you know in the educational community one of the biggest reasons that students will drop out is lack of relevance um, the other thing that we hear especially in schools where kids are first generation is that they they have to work so it's really hard for them to take the time to go to school when they have to work well with exploring your potential we show them how to make money 
We show them how to find a business model that regardless of where you come from or what your educational level is, you can understand how you can work from hourly wage in alternative employment options, which is the new gig economy, all the way through entrepreneurship or more formal employment situations. And so it's, it, think of EYP as the, the missing conversations for young people to activate them in the world. And it's also like rocket fuel for them in their careers. That's awesome. I, I can only imagine what it would be like, because, especially because in some ways there's kind of like this pressure to try and figure out who you are, what your purpose is, and all of that. And you're still like, you know, 12. <laughs> and I, or even 19 or, or 20. Or 19 or 20, and right. <laughs> And, and imagine, you know, imagine, Stephen, in the middle of that, that your anxiety, your anxiety is peaking because you have this pressure to make decisions right. about what you're going to do with your entire life, which really isn't necessary. But um, you have to figure out what you're going to do with your entire life. And then someone is shoving a resume in front of you and saying, build one like this. Yes. Tell the world who you are and what you've done and where you want to go. And, and the anxiety level just goes through the roof for these young people. And it's just, I just, I felt like this whole process needed to be reevaluated. <laughs> and, awesome. and, and my, my biggest goal in life right now is to reframe the conversation about work for young people. Let's, let's, let's put aside what we've been teaching them about how to find jobs and say, let's, let's reframe this. Let's show them that the world is a candy store of opportunity and that any one of them, regardless of their circumstances, can custom craft a life and a, and a career plan for them that leverages the best of who they are. And, and, and they, can, they can custom create it for themselves and be infinitely more successful by playing, you know, building out their own strategy and not waiting for someone else to hand it to them and not ordering off an a la carte menu. Like build, build a life around what you love. Go do the things that matter to you. Go make a difference in the world. Here are the models that you can use to, to find success, but, but be, own that process. Be, you know, take control and ownership of your life and, and go do, and go do whatever you want to do. But, but let's put some strategy and some structure behind it. And, and what I'm saying to you right now is literally the conversation I have with them in this course, because I host it and I host it because I can communicate with them in a way that they're, they're sometimes just not communicated with. And you, we talked in the very beginning about mentors when I started speaking around the world and I would have kids in foreign countries wait online for four hours to ask me questions, I started realizing that the things we're saying, sometimes they're not hearing from other people or we're saying it in a way that makes sense to them when maybe it hasn't in other cases. And so all of this work, all of these years have really led to, to this program and exploring your potential is, is 25 years of work and experience in the world and exposure to all different companies, all different industries, all different, you know, global economies and, and really drilled down to what is it that a young person needs to know to be successful. That's awesome. I, you know, just having some place to go, someone to talk to, someone to ask questions about, someone who talks about this, and whether it's a long, online format or at a presentation or whatever, you know, one of the things it is, does it have to be through an, an, an organization to get involved in this, or can an individual or a family go to, you know, explore your potential and, and get involved, or is it something that has to be done because their, their school or some other entity does it? 
Yeah, we're, we're, we're making the course available to individuals um, right now and families are starting to sign in and, and, and we're building a program right now for families to go through the program because sometimes the parents can benefit from it just as much as the students can. Um, so yes, thank you for bringing that up. It's very important to us that this is accessible to anyone who wants access to it. Um, but we are working primarily with universities and, and you know, charter schools now and colleges uh, because those institutions uh, have a, a responsibility to help these young people entrusted in their, in, in their university, entrusted with their, you know, with their educational experience to get them to that next level. And so the ROI on education is being questioned left and right, as you know. And this program, I hope, is an easy solution for, for schools to adopt so that they can deliver this kind of content and this kind of information for their students seamlessly and easily. That's excellent. And I'm glad to hear that you're doing that for individuals. I could see people listening to this going, hey, I, I might want to have my child look at this or my son or my daughter or, or, you know, a young person who's in college start going, maybe I need to do that. So. But I gotta say, it's not easy. You right. know, even though we've spent an enormous amount of money and time and we have videos and activities and all sorts of beautiful multimedia stuff, it's probably the coolest online learning course that we've seen. And we hear that all the time, but it takes a lot of work and young people say it's hard because sometimes they've never been asked these questions before. Right. One girl said to us the other day, she didn't like the video exercise because she didn't like how she looked on video nice. and she wasn't prepared. Well, bingo, <laughs> thank God you did it with us and not with someone interviewing you for a job. Right. And, and, and when, when, young, when young people talk in classrooms about not knowing what their value proposition is and a teacher has to stop their class lesson plan and talk about why they actually have value to offer, thank God they're doing that with us instead of in the working world. So I think it's, it's so important that if people do go through it independently, that they have some support structure around them because a lot of things come up. And when a young person feels uncomfortable, when most of us feel uncomfortable, the tendency is to pull away and not, not, not push forward. And, and we have to push beyond our comfort zone and push ourselves and, and, and what we're capable of if we're going to be successful, especially in new and emerging markets. It's, it's just so powerful. I mean, it's just, I, I just think about the impact that it could have uh, when you have somebody be able to spend this time with you, help you do different things. I, I have a, uh, I created a, a seminar that I work with. It, it all came from experience of being a, a principal who hired, who determined who got through the door into the table to, to, to talk to the committee or whatever, who got to uh, um, actually talk with us and then who, who, you know, part of the hiring process. And, and a lot of, and so the seminar now is about, you know, things to not do <laughs> and things that you should do and, and things to think about. And, and basically may, based upon all the, those mistakes that you saw walk through the door where it's like, did nobody even talk with you about this or even those who didn't even make it in the door because, uh, because of something that uh, was just not right. But anyway, I, I created that. That's awesome. That's listen, we, you know, there's so many people in the educational world and, and in, in the UN and the world economic forum, everyone's trying to help make young people more successful. It's in our best interest. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's hard to develop something that's, that's very intimate and compelling for an individual, but also very scalable. 
And that's something that took us 25 years to figure out how to do. Um, and so it's, 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 that's not that easy, but I'm trying to make sure that we can help all educators, all you know, concerned parents, all young people who really, really care about getting to that next level. That we can just hand them a resource and say, this is the stuff that no one's teaching you. And this is how you can get it in just literally one day of your life of, of time, 24 hours. It will completely change the way you interact with the world and, and the way you pursue opportunity and the way you make money and, and have the ability to impact other lives. And, and how, who can't afford to do that? That's awesome. I love it. This is, this is awesome. It's so powerful. You know, one of the things I want to make sure that I do, because I'm sorry, I could, I could spend a lot of time going through all of the, everything that's in the Explore Your Potential. I, I want to make sure that I get a chance to talk, get you to talk a little bit about your book. You have, a, you have several books, um, but the more recent one is Secrets of the Young and Successful. Can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, no worries. Actually, Exploring Your Potential, um, we, we pulled some of the core uh, topics and lessons from Secrets of the Young and Successful. But that was a book we did a couple of years ago that hit the New York Times bestsellers list, like right away. It was number three on Amazon and um, under Harry Potter and South Beach Diet. And it landed in between two Dr. Phil books on the New York Times list. We went through four printings in, in the first like two months of being out in the bookstores. Because I think Secrets, what, what we were trying to do is talk about the new rules of success for young people. And, you know, in, in the, in, over the years, when you, when you kind of joke at graduation about what kind of book to get for a young person, we talk about what colors your parachute or about, oh, the places you'll go from Dr. Seuss. And those are fun and wonderful. And what colors your parachute has helped millions of young people, millions of people over the years. But the reality is the world is very different today. You know, when those books were written, we didn't have the technology we have. We didn't have globalization the way that we have. We didn't have young millionaires who were 19 years old and going public with their companies. <laughs> you know, so there's all this stuff that's, that's changed in the world. And I, I really felt like we needed very tactical advice that was specifically written for this younger demographic so we could meet them where they are, show them that we recognize and hear them and see, see them for who they are as individuals, and then show them what the rules have been and what the, what the best practices have been for the young people globally who are living incredible lives, who've built organizations, they've built companies, they're impacting their fields, they're inventing things. You know, who are these young and successful people? Instead of just looking at them and, you know, and wanting to be them or disliking them because they're more successful, we thought, let's really break out who they are and why they, what they did. And those, those, those resources and those tools and those steps are available to anyone. It's not because they had more money. It's not because they had a better education. Success is achieved by people of all different backgrounds because they have a different mind frame. And they've adopted a different ethos. And so we really wanted to start to write about that. And it, it made a huge difference in people's lives. I mean, I get letters from all over the world and people say, oh, I read your book like five years ago and now I have a hundred employees and I'm married and I have kids and I'm, I'm really happy. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. It's, it's gotta be a neat feeling. That's uh, Really, especially if they, they give you credit after reading the book or doing something that you've been associated with, that's going to be an awesome thing. You know, allow me to say one other thing that's, that's just really funny. I got a call one day and I thought this was a joke. Actually, an email. Someone wrote to me and said, I, I created this company called Space Adventures. 
and talk about like, you know, superheroes. And he said, I created this company called Space Adventures and I click on the link and it literally shows the moon and the space station and all this stuff. And I'm like, this has got to be a joke. Like, what is he talking about? And this was the guy who, who created the, the, the first network, the first um, company to allow private citizens to go to the space station. Nice. And he sent like 10 or 20 people up for $20 million each. And, and, and Eric Anderson created this company and he called me and wanted to be connected to us because we were talking about young people who were successful. And he said, no one ever believed me and no one ever, ever thought I was, no one took me seriously. And I love that you're doing this and telling other young people. <laughs> that would be a cool conversation to have. It was so awesome. And I just, I couldn't believe it. But it was just like, he was like, thank you. No one told me I could do it. And I even heard, this is a rumor and I, don't, I can't validate this, but I even heard for someone who worked at it, worked for Elon Musk in his house that she saw one of my books in his house. Nice. <laughs> so I don't know and I can't say for sure, but it is possible because when we were starting Young Entrepreneurs Network, we were talking to those young people about doing, creating companies and creating these big things. And so a lot of them have gone on and done those things. And I don't take any credit whatsoever, but those conversations have a huge influence on people. And that's right. proof. That's awesome. And, and you got you to gotta get them to do a selfie or something. You gotta, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to get a photo of him with that book. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's so cool. Well, you know, Let's, let's talk about this for a second. If you had a chance to speak with a class of high school seniors at the beginning of their senior year, what's one piece of advice you would want them to take away and remember from your talk? I would say, don't let anyone tell you what you're capable of achieving in the world. That would be my biggest advice. Um, don't let other people define your success, what it means or what you're, what you're capable of achieving. That's powerful. I love it. That's, uh, I mean, cause I think too often that does happen is that someone says something, Oh, make much money doing that. Or they say something, do you think you really can do that? Or, <laughs> yeah. or don't go into, don't go into music because, or don't go into the video. You can't play video games for a living. Yes, you can. Right. 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 <laughs> you can be a rock star for a living. Yes, you can. You can work a thousand different things in the, in the entertainment industry. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's, but, but we're, we're only limited to the, to the people that we're exposed to. We're only limited to the ideas that we're exposed to. And sometimes we're all in a bubble. It can be a tiny little bubble. It can be a giant bubble. But it's our job to constantly expand what we're exposed to. And no young person anywhere has any excuse not to be watching videos and Googling the things that they want to do and watching TED Talks and learning from other people about what the world looks like and what's possible. Because anything you can dream of, anything you hear about, anything you think about, there's a way to do it for a living. That's so awesome because you're so right. I mean, it, it, it's so cool. I love, I love the message. Uh, before we go, because we're starting to close out, if someone wanted to connect further with you or learn more, where would you send them first? <laughs> I, I would say, um, I mean, our, our site is great, Exploring Your Potential. We uh, also have a, um, we're on Facebook with Exploring Your Potential. We're, we're trying to build out our Instagram. We haven't spent as much time on it, but we're doing that too. And um, yeah, and uh, what else? Yeah, 
LinkedIn, we have an Exploring Your Potential group. I'd say the groups are awesome. We're trying to cultivate more conversations with more people. Um, you know, you can, re you can reach me at, at Jennifer at ExploringYourPotential.com if you want to talk about bringing the program to, you know, your organization, your school, uh, or if you want to get more information, I'm happy to answer any questions that I can. And I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to be on here with you, Stephen. I love the work you're doing. I love the community you're serving. And the network that you, you know, are fueling with such great information and resources on a regular basis. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm really thankful to be just a tiny part of it today. Well, I greatly appreciate you being here. This is awesome. You get great, great advice and great, incredible product here. This is, this is so cool. So, um, and I will have all those links to the different places on uh, social media and the different websites and all that where you can, uh, um, find out more. So, uh, um, keep that in mind. Don't have to pull over right now and write all these things down. I'll have them, have them in the show notes so they'll have links right there. So um, the last two questions, and these are kind of questions I like to ask, just like to ask. And the first one goes like this. I've read that you like to speak about personal branding and I, and I love this topic. Okay. And I, and this is something I think is really cool. What's one thing that you like to share about personal branding? I would say, we're all products and we're all selling ourselves every day and branding is all about touch points with your audience or with your consumer. So think about all the touch points that people have with you in person, online, on the phone, um, through, through conversations with other people. Be cognizant of sculpting a narrative that is, is authentic to who you are and to the things that you want to do and is positive and pushes you in a, a good direction. But, but be very, very cautious about, and, and strategic and careful and thoughtful about how you package yourself and how you present yourself to every single person you meet, every single person you interact with. That's, that's personal branding at its, at its greatest. Perfect advice, I love that, that is so cool. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. So last question, which is more, just, just I gotta get back to some teacher stuff here. So we wanna yeah, come into this. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? What would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yeah, I'd say there were two. Um, one in junior high was uh, Mrs. Lapides. She was the um, student government teacher and the speech and debate teacher. And when my friends wanted me to do um, cheerleading, I did speech and debate. And um, I, I'm now a speaker that can get paid up to $15,000 a speech. So I thank her for teaching me that I had skills as a speaker and I went to cultivate and build those over the years. I wouldn't get to speak to Walmart and to Starwood and giant leaders and at the United Nations if my teacher in junior high didn't tell me I had some potential wow. and that nice. I, I should focus on this and it would be good. And, and so I thank you to Mrs. Lapides and Mrs. Sachs in high school taught me that I, I had talent as a writer. And I, I really, I struggled with the rules of grammar. I struggled with, I don't know to this day what a gerund clause is or a noun clause is. And I apologize that I could never get that right. But I wrote a New York Times book and I've written three books and I've written curriculum that's in front of thousands of kids. Um, so I appreciate that people didn't discount me because I had dis disabilities or an, a lack of ability to do certain things, but they saw the bigger picture. And I was able to, 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 to push forward on that. And, and so those two teachers in junior high and high school, I'd say made the biggest difference for me. Um, 
And you reminded me I have to go back to one of them and make sure that they know that. That's awesome. And that's so cool. And if you get a chance, that would be cool too. That would, <laughs> you know what? I have to, can I just add one more really quickly? Sure, go right ahead. Principal of my high school, who since passed away, um, was uh, named Doc Simpson, and he ran Montclair Prep in the Valley in, in California, in Los Angeles. He told my mother that I was the best student body president that he had ever had since he owned the school for 30 years. And obviously, my mother was glowing, <laughs> but, but for me, what that said to me is that I had leadership potential. And I think that at that, from that moment forward, I didn't apologize for having ideas and wanting to build things and create things. And if no one was stepping up to the plate, I felt since then that I had the ability to do that. And I think that has served me well my entire career and still does every day of my life. That's so awesome. And thank you for adding him. That's, that's so cool. That's uh, what a neat thing to have a, that, you know, it's, to have the principal say that to you and then to be able to, to see where you are now and so forth. So it's, that's cool. That's it was amazing, but it's, it's all, everyone who's a teacher, everyone who works with young people, every day we're interacting with all these people. And most of the time we don't hear the impact that we make on them, but, but, but you could see those little pivot points. You know, I can trace it through my life on how educators changed my life, how mentors changed my life at different junctures. And, and they all built on one another. And if it weren't for these key people that I just mentioned now, the teachers and the mentors, I, I don't know. I would probably just be in a job somewhere doing something. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I understand. I understand. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing those personal stories. I greatly appreciate it. Well, yeah, Jennifer, thank you so much for talking with me today. It's fascinating hearing about your journey, um, YSN.com, exploring your potential and your book, The Secrets of the Young and Successful. And just keep up the great work and uh, wishing you the best in all you do. And you got we, we to gotta get you back on to talk, uh, maybe down the road, we can get you back on to talk a little bit more about uh, your book or uh, the, whatever you got, the, the current uh, um, thing you're doing at the time. I would love that. Stephen, I've loved talking to you. And anytime I can ever participate, I, it would be a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends. Hey, have you got some thoughts, questions, or ideas? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me through my email at stephenmiletto at gmail.com. Stephen spelled with a V, and Miletto is M-I-L-E-T-T-O. And that's at gmail.com. Or if you're in the United States or Canada, you can call my Google Voice number at 478-353-5471. Love to hear from you. Thanks. Take care now.